nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable here. Uh, we got a packed house here. Uh, we got Rafa and Royce joining as usual, but uh, we have two guests on from the San Antonio Thinians. And then later on, we will have uh, Mr. Ray Silva, you know, who is the host of South Texas Border Sports and co-host of the Down, Down in the Valley to talk. Copa Tejas with San Antonio FC and RGV getting it on Sunday night down in HEB Park here. But... Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to introduce uh, Allison Fahey and Channing Borden of the both forwards and both of the San Antonio Athenians. How are you doing this evening? Good. Super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. It's a pleasure here uh, to do that here and, and like I said here. Um, Allison, I believe this is year three uh, with the Athenians for you. Is that correct? I know it's stretched over, I think, probably a five-year <laughs> term with last year being off uh, for that year. But uh, I believe this is year three uh, with the Athenians for you, correct? And Chen and oh, I'm sorry. And Channing, is this your first? Oh, sorry. And Channing, is this your first year with them? I know you played for UTSA soccer here. Is this your first year with the Athenians? Yeah, this is my first year. Cool. Birds up. up. <laughs> so I'll admit the Roadrunner season this year. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit better record, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't show that way. But uh, I think the program is heading in the right direction here uh, for here with yeah. the, uh, for that here. So, but excited to have you guys on here. Um, so far preseason, uh, it's looked great where you guys won against uh, Central Texas Hornets and Austin Elite. Um, you know, so just to kind of get an idea here, we'll, we'll go with you, Channing. Here is, you know, how's the squad coming together uh, so far this year? I think it's really awesome. Um, we have a lot of good girl, a lot of girls in general, but a lot of them come from. Um, really good schools and um, from Canada and all over the place. So, yeah, we should be really, really good this year. <laughs> Royce, did you want to ask your question at this point? Uh, Rafa, go ahead. Uh, my question, let me see. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you guys look forward to as far as this season? Like, what do you guys hope to accomplish this season? Uh, I think for us, we want to win the connection of the, of the team is just getting stronger, and it's it's looking amazing. We're for one. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, how was the uh, the partnership with uh, Juventus and uh, Soccer Central? How's that working out for y'all? I know that's different from uh, what the Athenians have done in the past. Yes, that would be more a question for Allison. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're in and out. Okay, sorry. Let me uh, let me ask it again. Um, I heard something. <laughs> um, now that uh, the Athenians have uh, partnered up with uh, Juventus and Soccer Central, uh, how's that kind of working out, and how is that different from um, uh, kind of the facilities from the past? Awesome, Harry. And, and like I said, I do apologize. Seems like there's a little bit of delay with Allison's connections with us here. Um, but like I said, we do appreciate her you know, taking the time uh, you know, to, to uh, come on here um, for that here. Um, to me, like I said here, with the, in my opinion, what's probably going to be the toughest uh, opponent of uh, the Athenians, and that's going to be Austin Elite. Um, Channing, you know, kind of looking forward to uh, the matchup against Austin Elite, I know 2019 uh, when they played uh, San Antonio Athenians won at home. And then uh, when uh, the Athenians went up, they played actually at Bold Stadium and lost a, a close game up there uh, to Austin here um, for that here. So, you know, and I know you guys just played them, um, but it's preseason. So, you know, who knows what, what they'll actually be when it comes with, with the full games on the season. But, what do you expect, you know, you know, from an Austin San Antonio, whether it's, you know, a matchup, you know, especially with Austin Elite and San Antonio Athenians with, you know, the history and then just, you know, the San Antonio versus Austin uh, natural rivalry that seems to cross all all levels of sports, uh, no matter if it's Academy with my kids uh, in it or, you know, all the way up to uh, the professional level. Yeah, so um... – that was the last game, or when we played them first, that was my first game with um, the Athenians. So I thought we did pretty well. I was super <laughs> excited. I was like, oh my gosh, our team looks really good. And I mean, their team looks good, but obviously our team looks really good. Better. And so <laughs> I am super excited to play them as our first game. So. Yeah, we we've showed that we can hang with them so and beat them so why not do it again? I would have no problem with that uh, uh, for that here. Um, what you know we you know uh, I think Royce is our, our kit guy here. Uh, so uh, talking about the kits here, they just released uh, the sponsor on the front, the Texas Outdoors uh, for that here, and then on the back they do have Chris Madrid's uh, as a sponsor here. Uh, for the San Antonio Athenians, but uh, Rafa and Chris, your thoughts on on the kits for for this year for you know the San Antonio Athenians? Well, I like them. Uh, Adidas. What, what can you say about Adidas? A lot better than Nike, <laughs> as far as the jerseys. Terrible. Uh, so good kits. Uh, hopefully, maybe they come out with a third kit. They'll get like a like an all gold. Like a gold jersey with a purple, uh, that'd be that'd be neat. Maybe in the near future. 
like I said, for the third. Your thoughts, uh, your thoughts, Royce? <laughs> I was going to say, Chris, uh, taking over for Chris tonight. Um, I like him, uh, especially the all whites. Definitely going to be good um, in the hot Texas summer. Um, and even the, the purples, I mean, they, they look light and they look uh, they're comfortable. And the main thing is they look good and they, they're, they're going to look really good, um, especially against the uh, Austin Elite uh, when they put up uh, four or five on them on the scoreboard. So that'll be great. Do you have a favorite, uh, Channing, of which one, uh, either the, which one's the home, which one's the way, if you know? Uh, I'm not sure, but my favorite is the purple. Yeah, I'm a fan of the purple as well. Agree. Sick. The, the white's nice and clean, but, you know, the purple, I don't know. I haven't seen that style uh, before. Now it's not to say it's not done, but. Uh, yeah. The, the only thing is, is, and I think I think it was Rafa that pointed this out in the, in the kind of in the pre-show here, is the. Mm-hmm. Um, the sponsor should have been white. sponsorship should have been in white or, or yeah. black or, or something a little bit bolder to stick out, but that's. Yeah, gold would have been cool, yeah. Gold would have been good, like yeah. the Adidas badge. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been the way to go on that. But uh, Channing, it was definitely thank you for coming on. And Allison, uh, sorry we had a bad connection here, uh, you know, for that here. But thank you both for coming on here. Uh, like I said, here. Oh, here comes Allison here. <laughs> or maybe not. Um, for that here. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, Allison. Welcome back. Hi, Allison. Welcome back. Ryan. Yeah, we were just going over the kits here. Um, you know, with the with the new kits. You know, talking about uh, you know how they looked great and stuff. Uh, for that here. Um, any final comments that you have, and then like what you know, as I mentioned, uh, I'll go over kind of you know preview the Southwest group a little bit here uh, for that here. But any final questions or, or any final comments that you guys have for uh, the fans that may be coming out to Soccer Central uh, this year, um, which is free attendance uh, to come out uh, and like I said here, they do will have seating, and you can uh, bring uh, your own chair as well uh, for that here, and, and they do plan on um, you know having. Uh, food trucks and merchandise uh, that'll be able to purchase throughout the game, um, as well as they may have a brewery there uh, for pregame tailgate and possibly even longer uh, for that here. So uh, if you're over 21, um, you know, uh, and uh, responsible and not driving, you know, be able to have a, you know some adult beverages uh, for that here. But uh, any final thoughts uh, from you, Channing, before we let you go? Um, just come out and cheer loud. I will be out this Saturday. Uh, Short and sweet, here. love it. <laughs> so I will be out. Uh, I'll definitely be out this Saturday here. I'll probably bring AJ uh, with me here because uh, we went to the Syntex one um, uh, for that here. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Channing, and thank you, Allison. I know it didn't quite work out, uh, you know, with Words the connection here, but yeah. thank you and uh, thank you, Allison, as well. Good luck, and hopefully you score, you know, five goals against Austin Elite. It yeah. would not hurt my, uh, would not hurt my opinion. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. All right, and just to kind of go over the uh, uh, San Antonio Athenians, that they're going to be playing at Soccer Central, uh, which is on the west side here. Uh, they previously have been playing over on the northeast side. Um, but when they were sold to Juventus, they moved over to Soccer Central, which is at 6610 uh, Low Bid Lane, uh, San Antonio, Texas. 
uh, for that here. Um, the schedule, uh, their home games uh, kick off at 730 uh, for that here. Um, they're going to play uh, Austin Elite on May 15th. Uh, then they'll the following weekend, they'll play against Syntex Hornets, who they also played in preseason and won against. Uh, June 5th, they'll travel on the road uh, to Wilco, which is up in Austin. Uh, they'll come home and play Tulsa side uh, FC 92 and Wilco again. And then they'll also play June 19th against uh, Back, con uh, Back Country, which is a team from Austin. Um, and then they finish up with three on the road in, in playing in the Asta area against uh, Syntex Hornets, Backcountry FC, and FC Austin Elite here. Um, the group is actually made up of the group of UWS Southwest uh, with the Athenians is Central Texas Hornets, which are based out of Kyle, Backcountry out of Austin, Texas. There are two uh, Dallas teams that they don't actually play, uh, Lone Star Republic, which is in North Dallas and Richardson, Texas, um, and Alacrane's Fort Worth, which was just announced uh, last week, uh, who replaced Dallas International, who had to drop out. And then the furthest team away is side uh, FC 92 and Williamson uh, County FC, which is Wilco up, uh, up in um, uh, the North Austin area here. So, um, and for, you know, from my understanding, um, and, uh, you know, I've reached out from the Athenians here. Uh, they mentioned that admission is free, uh, and they are hoping to kind of get as many people as they can out to uh, the uh, Soccer Central Field One uh, for that here. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, there will be food trucks and merchandise uh, available to purchase throughout the game. Um, and at least pregame at this time, uh, they will have, you know, a brewery there. I know the Crocketeers are also in discussion with them possibly about going out and intending and tailgating the first game here uh, for that here. Uh, and like I said, there will be four bleachers set up, should seat about 125. And then of course you can also bring your own chairs uh, for that here. So um, my, you know, just my studying of the uh, UWS uh, Southwest here, um, it does look like it's going to be, uh, you know, at least uh, on the surface, uh, you know, a race between um, the Austin Elite, um, who was attempting to, you know, and in San Antonio Athenians will probably be the two powerhouses. Lone Star Republic, uh, Alacranes, Fort Worth are kind of a little bit unknown. Side FC looks, you know, looks to be kind of a, a an academy structured team that, that's built up underneath it. Syntex Hornets, I think, will surprise a little bit of people. I don't know if they have the strongest roster, you know, in speaking with David, uh, you know, for that here as far as compared to the talent of uh, the Athenians, but I think they, you know, I think they will uh, be very competitive um, along those lines. But I think the expectation is, uh, you know, this is going to be between the Athenians and Austin Elite um, to see who can who can make it to the playoffs on there here. So, any final thoughts on uh, the San Antonio Athenians, uh, either Rafa or Royce? Okay, well, I guess. I'll go first. No, it's exciting. Uh, I'm I'm really happy they're back. Um, uh, man, uh, it, it's just good to have them back. I'm happy they uh, got the partnership with, with uh, Juventus. They're they're honestly right down the road for me now. So I I definitely <laughs> take my kids. Um, but it's great. Um, I mean, Soccer Central is a good facility. Um, it's growing. It, it's still it, we it, went it, out for the right. synthetics. It's, 
I should say it's new and it's developing. I'm it's not going to say it's great yet, but it's new and it's developing. And that's exciting. That's exciting just for San Antonio in general that a very multi-million nice, dollar facility. Exactly. Okay. I wasn't going to give money, but it's a very nice facility and it's coming. It's in San Antonio and it's developing and it, it, I couldn't be more excited. And, and the fact that the Athenians have been around for a few years that it's that in itself is exciting. And what's more exciting is the team that they're putting on the field. Cause I've seen oh, all the signings they've had. Good Lord. This team is loaded. Yes, and, it is. And I know I talk with Danny from Austin elite quite a bit. Um, I haven't talked to him a whole lot since uh, the, you know, since they've started signing uh, players between his legs. Yeah. He, you know, like I said here, uh, <laughs> just kidding, Danny. I, I still think, uh, I think Austin elite, Austin, uh, Austin elite will be very good. But to me, like I said, the Athenians have definitely raised their game, you know, and like I said here, um, especially for the women's game, um, which I think draw very well here in San Antonio. Um, if San Antonio is not playing like they are this week here, I, you know, I would love everybody to go out there because you're going to find uh, some some great soccer, uh, you know, you know, for the here, these ladies bust their butt um, up and down, up and down the pitch, just like the guys do. Um, it's physical, um, and you know, like I said here, these guys play a, an attacking style here. So, or at least you know, against the Syntex Hornets, they did. And um, it's you know, to me, the facility, uh, like I said, it's still being developed. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing the action this year of, of the Athenians and catching it in quite a few games because I think it's about 10, 15 minutes from the house. So, I know all the people that are over, you know, used to, on the northeast side that had. SAFC and the Athenians. Now you get to share some of the pain of having to cross town to to catch them here. So that way you share the love a little bit. Oh darn! Speaking of San Antonio, <laughs> uh, it was a very interesting um, match this last week here. Uh, interesting is one way to put it. So you know we'll we'll start with injuries that 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 were announced by the club here. Uh, Doyle's uh, out with the lower body injury. Dylan, Maloney, uh, Jose Gallegos, and the new one was actual Schoberg, which we kind of figured after the first match here uh, for that here. The uh, starting lineup, uh, and we'll have Rafa go, or pardon me, we'll have uh, um, Royce go into it here. Uh, your thoughts on the starting lineup seems very similar to what uh, last year's or last week's was. Uh, I was going to say last minus, year's. North. Uh, <laughs> minus uh, last week's. Uh, there's only one, uh, Cardone? two people. Car Cardone two, there. And Cardone. Uh, yeah, two people from last year to this yep. year. That's far here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's basically what we defaulted to last week after Schuberg went out. Axel get well soon. Um, oh. Anyway, Axel get well soon. Sorry about that. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it's exactly what we defaulted on. It was very successful last week. It was very successful this week until the thirtieth minute. It was successful uh, to a point, I'll say. Right. So, okay. Uh, let me go into more of the tactics. Why it was successful and why it wasn't. Why was successful last week? Why wasn't this week? Uh, last week, um, it, we came up with that with that four four two mid block press, and we went up against Colorado Springs in a four three three. So, 
uh, real quick, Robert Gallegos is apparently hurt. He has a lower body injury. What does that mean? It, nobody. It, it's a hockey injury. I don't know. <laughs> uh, upper nine times out of ten, upper body is a concussion. Lower body is uh, gross. Anything below out. the waist? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, apparently he's injured. Um, but get well soon, Jose, because that would be a huge boost uh, this next week if we can get Jose back uh, in Nathan's place. Well, let's get to that. Um, so Colorado Springs had a 4-3-3, uh, and basically what happened was they got over – the three in the midfield got overran by R4 in the midfield, so they dropped their two um, two wingers up front back, and that helped us with the advantage. We only had to really deal with one forward. Uh, we still pressed really well. We are so successful in the midfield, and that's how we won that game. Uh, this one was a little different. Real Monarchs um, countered with their own mid-block four, four, pressing 4-4-2. Four, four, so basically they said, this is what SAFC is doing. We're going to do the exact same thing and just nullify everything they can do. And what that tells me is they were playing for the for the tie. They were playing for the draw. Um, so um, what ended up happening was you had Kamiri. The ball would come back to either Kamiri, uh, Cardoni, or um, Deplane, And it would go over to Kamiri, and Kamiri would – uh, kick a long ball up to either Patino or Nathan. Most likely it was Patino passing it off to Nathan to go drive up front with Epps on that right side. Uh, that happened a lot. Um, I sit right behind where Kamiri is, and that's what I constantly saw them doing. They're basically kicking it over all eight players in the midfield uh, to try to get the ball forward, which, I mean, that's one way to go about around that press. Um, it was very successful. For the first goal, basically it was a long ball to Patino. Patino held it, passed it back to Lindley. Lindley threw a ball to Epps, and Epps scored uh, from that right side, one nothing. And everything was looking peachy. Everything was looking great until the 30th minute. Rafa, take it over from the 30th minute on what happened. Yeah, uh, once that that red card pretty much changed everything. Um, you know, with you know, one thing I I, I noticed that you know usually when you we have a red card, you're supposed to change tactics especially kind of protecting the lead. Even though we got a second goal, we still kept it. I think we should have done a lot of better job going with a different tactic, especially with a man down, and that really never occurred the whole game. And I know we were trying to do the same things, and like I said, Real Salt Lake was kind of taking advantage of a lot of the space that was going into, you know, going Monarchs. on the attack, yeah. Same thing. They're, they're yeah. Real Lake Junior. Yeah, I mean uh, they had. I mean Bodie was there with the assist and the goal. He is a Real Salt Lake player. So yeah. and Malik Johnson is good enough to be a Real Salt Lake player. You might as well call him Real Salt Lake. <laughs> Malik Johnson, by the way, for a Real Monarchs. Uh, Tim Holt. Uh, if they release that guy, go pick that guy up. That dude is incredible, um, and he is the the X factor that uh, is why uh, Real Monarchs ended up drawing this game, but. Uh, let's go back to the play uh, for the red card. Basically, um, once again, it was a long ball that came up to Patino. Patino laid it off to Nathan. Nathan tried to drive up, and the left back um, for Real Monarchs basically forced, pushed, if you will, uh, Nathan out of bounds and kind of kept Adam out of bounds. Um, ball kind of pops up. It looks like Nathan may try to play the ball, even though he's out of bounds, makes contact with uh, the Real Monarchs player, whether you want to call that a kick out, 
whether you want to say it's inside on contact, either way, it looks bad. The lines person sees it. Um, and she immediately calls over, um, the center ref. They have a discussion and they decide to give Nathan a straight red. Um, now, should it have been called a red card through my black and silver and red tinted glasses? I think it should have been a, a yellow at most. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no intent to injure. Uh, it was not a kick out. It was more, it, 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 it's kind of like one of the, yeah, it's more frustration. It's not one of those, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, a dude will come up and he'll pat somebody on the head and they'll do it a little aggressively and they'll just kind of let it go. Like, Oh, he's just, you know, everyone knows that's, that's poop housery doing that. Cause you're hitting somebody on the back of the head, but the refs will be like, Oh, he's just, he's just telling you good games. Like, no, he knocked the crap in the back of my head. Same thing. Uh, it wasn't that hard of contact. It, it was not a, a genuine kick out, but I can see how the league would see it. The lines person, obviously she felt compelled to go over and, and she thought Nathan tried to murder the guy. I, I don't see it that way. I think the red card should be rescinded. Will it? it it's it's USL that they're not going to really review it. They're going to be like, oh, it looks like a kick out. That's fine. We're, we're, we'll go with it. Um, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna Zabruder film um, that play like you know like all the SAFC fans are doing. Um, so it's probably gonna be upheld. <laughs> But the officials allowed a lot of stuff prior to that. That and that's that's worse. another thing. That's another thing. You know, I was with, to. This was a very, very, very physical match from the onset. It was very physical. Sunshine. Forty-five for yeah, I know that's an unfortunate. Charlie Adams, um, former RGB player. Um, but basically, what happened is it was very physical. There were a lot of hey, I'm here, fouls. Let them know you're here, fouls. There were a lot of those all over the pitch. And the ref never, um, the ref never called anything. He barely called fouls. It, uh, well, I he mean, called a lot of fouls. The crazy thing were, is, there were thirty nine fouls called. Not, not in the beginning. Not in the beginning. Well, after the, the red card, after the red card is when the ref really started hammering down and actually calling well, fouls. The first of- foul that he called, the first foul that he called was a yellow card on seventeen for Real Monarchs, which could have been it, red. Which could have been, it was basically the same thing. Should Nathan have been did. a red. It was basically the same thing Nathan did. Uh, PC's heading out, uh, yeah, PC's heading out of bounds mm-hmm. with the ball, um, and he clips him from behind, which is arguably worse than what Nathan did. Except one was out of bounds, the other was about a foot in bounds. So I mean, matters, one was a yep, yeah, yep, yeah, one was a yellow card, one was a red card. The same thing happened to Patino in the box, not called. And then another, I mean, it happened four or five times in the midfield where it was just called a regular foul. It's like the same play four different times called four different things. And that inconsistency really got on the nerves of uh, Olave. It got on the nerves of Barcina because they were both very vocal, pretty much asking the ref, you got to call, you know, you got to call it even like what, what's a foul? What is a foul? A lot of times SAFC, especially PC fouled the real Monarchs players and nothing was called. And I was just, you know, uh, one of the big ones that led to a goal was, um, uh, was it Patino that went up or was it Lindley that went up and no, no, it was Quayle Quayle before his goal Mm -hmm. held a real Monarchs defender in the box, clear foul. 
clear jersey pool, not called. Quail goes, finds a loose ball, puts it in the net. Hey, goal, no foul. Like that was a clear foul. What are you? What? I, I'm not. I'm not saying it was. It was bad for both sides, but it just ended up being worse for SAFC because the red card was so dang early. Uh, that being said, um, so let's kind of go through the goals real quick. Like I said, Quayo, uh, just before the half, finds a goal, finds a way, and that's what this SAF- SAFC team has done in 2021 is they have found a way. Um, and, and it was a good goal, too. Yep. It, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a great goal. Off of a... Um, I don't think it was a Border, rebound, but uh... <laughs> borderline foul. Um, no, but it was it, basically he found a loose ball um, in the area and he put it in the in the top right corner. It was a great finish, it was a great goal. Um, yeah, and it was shorthanded. It was a shorty for sure, Robert. Um, but um, going into halftime, uh, basically what happened was. Um, Real Monarchs went in, said we're going to do the same thing we did. We're just going to switch uh, our two up top, uh, or the the wingers out out wide, the um, the right sided, um, the the right winger and the left winger. They they switched, so you had a Malik Johnson. He was on Gleedle side. Now he's on PC side, and uh, the other guy was on a Gleedle side. And that's basically where both Real Monarchs goals came from. Um, it came from. The midfield distributing it out to Malik Johnson on PC side, and then Malik Johnson is the goddamn flash apparently, and just ran by PC, uh, crossed it back, and that's where pretty much both of their goals came from. Where yeah. broken plays, the the second one was a broken play that came from that. The first one is almost a straight assist for Malik Johnson. Uh, came back, bung, bungled around a little bit, and ended up in the back of uh, Cardoni's net, um, and that's how it became two uh, two. Here's, here's a que- here's a question for you, uh, for everyone here. Do you think PC's a liability being on the wing if we're going to get some really fast? So and then- it's this match made it very obvious to me that PC needs to be in the midfield. PC is a six. That is what he does. He's definitely older. He's every everybody get loses a step as they get older and pc needs to be in the midfield that is where his distribution is very key um and that's where his i don't want to say lack of speed but he's he's lost a, a half a step and that half a step is big especially against somebody with the incredible speed that Malik Johnson has that dude is god i haven't seen a guy run that fast at at uh Toyota Field probably since uh Gordon's first season. Mm. Like that dude is just grease lightning. I, that guy is exciting to watch. That, that's, uh, but go ahead, Harry. Uh, Jose has a question here. I'll, we'll, we'll go with you, Rafa. Um, let's start off. How many good services did Patino <laughs> get all game? I thought he was on an island. I thought yeah, so, they couldn't so, reach the so, island, and yeah. he was stuck out there by himself. And so, you know. so going with what Rafa was saying. Um, <laughs> SAFZ did not change their tactics at all. They kept up with the 4-4. They just had one up top. And, and Santi, to his credit, did the work of two two guys up front. He was on both sides. He was physical. He should have won a penalty. That was very clear. That I, <laughs> If they saw that kick out, how do you miss that? And it was on her. Was the, the other? It was the other AR. You know. So yeah. 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 That's what I mean. It wasn't <laughs> well, on her well, side. Nor- well, nor- normally, when that, 
when they change something, you know, with that change, you know, if they're going to play a four-four-one, you know, you go to a diamond formation in the in in the in the, in the midfield to to kind of cover the middle area to, for any counterattacks. But the the problem that they had this game that we didn't do that they didn't, that they did in the first game is distribute a lot more of the ball in the wings. We lacked that, and we locked crosses, and that's why they're able to kind of lock down Patino there with two guys, because he wasn't really allowed to really make those runs to the flags to receive the ball and then send those crosses in, or even our wings weren't in getting those balls to play out the wings to send those crosses back in. I think those are the the two big things that we were missing from this game from the last, but also there was opportunities that we had that we didn't shoot the ball from the outside. And right. that really irked me there. I think Epps had a couple of them. We had, I think um, there's a, I think Quail had a couple of them. You know, just shoot the damn ball in. You know, we got a sniper that can, you know, pick off any little cherry pick to kick it back in. Especially with the young goal. away from doing that. Yeah, I mean, and then here's another thing. I mean, it's a young team. We didn't use – we have a lot of MLS, former MLS players – we should have used that experience to, you know, play the ball around, keep possession, make them chase after it, and then pick our, you know, pick our pieces on, okay, on the tax. You know, that's another thing that we we did not do is expose their, their, their youth in order to win this game. So what, Robert, good Lord. <laughs> so what, uh, that's so unfortunate. Um, so what I think happened, and and I I get your gripe, Rafa, for sure. Um, they didn't, you know, didn't go to the diamond, didn't have, basically didn't give uh, Patino help. What I think happened is, whenever they switch sides, so whenever their their winger switch sides, they went from um, Malik Johnson went to our left side, which is PC and Quayle. PC needed help. So Quayle stayed back a lot. He stayed in the midfield and he stayed back. Quayle is your number one attacker. So what I think Marcina should have done to uh, counter that is uh, is either uh, you don't want to sub off Quayle, but what should have happened was maybe Lima should have come outside to the wing to help PC out on the defense. And then you have Quayle in the midfield who could run. Uh, but then you you sacrifice that and you you sacrifice your midfield and you don't want to get overrun in the midfield, which is not what that's not what ended up happening. Where we got overrun was on the wings, mm-hmm. and so we SAFC got compact and they did not want Real Monarchs to play through the midfield, which they were not able to do to their credit. But they did get a lot of joy on those wings, and that's where their two goals came from were play on the wings. So they really try to play conservative. Uh, they try to play to um, they they try to play to hold the lead. It was a two nothing lead. I mean, when you're up two nothing, you don't sit back. If you have ten men, yeah, you. Sit, I mean, that's what you have to do. You have to sit back and try for the win, and it it just didn't work this time. Um, and it almost did work at the oh, very yeah. end. They had one at the um, Cuello off the crossbar, which just was not kind. Um, because I mean, nine times out of ten, that bounces directly in the net, and somehow it just stayed out. So, overall, uh, and and before that, and the reason we got that opportunity was seventeen with another really really stupid foul for a second yellow card, a clear yellow card, borderline red. Um, Garcia. So yeah, um, it just just bad. Uh, just uh, another really bad foul from him. Just. 
hor a horror not a horror tackle wasn't two-footed studs up but i mean from behind nowhere near the ball clipped the guy easy and on his way to the net it's they're both very easy calls for those two yellows and and he's off and, and it's uh 10 on 10 and then from then on safc was on the front foot um they they had a lot of chances to win and they just it, the ball and literally the ball did not fall the right way at the very end uh, and that's i mean you want to talk about Alamarcina's winning mentality they went 60 minutes well no they went 50 yeah. just about 50 minutes um down a man and they you know yes they gave the two goals but they played really well and they put a they still put in a really good shift. Patino at the end looked like he was just he needed an inhaler and some oxygen because he. Oh, I thought he was he hurt was just, though when he, he went was just down. running the whole time. Yeah, that was scary because he grabbed oh. the back of his leg, you know, yep. like uh, like Schulberg did, and then yep. I was like, oh no, if he goes down, we're in deep. Yeah, especially with Nathan out. That, yeah, that is um, a very long list of injuries and suspension, so that is not good and. I mean, he did. He tweeted earlier that he's healthy and he's good to go, and that's good to see. Hopefully, we get we get somebody else healthy um, in Nathan's place. Hopefully, either Dylan is ready or hopefully Gargos is ready because that would be amazing. But something tells me I don't. Could you see Ollie go up front? Yes, I could. I think. I I think. I think maybe. He has the speed. The next game. I think Ollie. Ollie Ollie showed well. I thought. So what I think Ollie. Uh, and this is kind of what I said from the beginning. There are three guys that have very similar traits, and that's and two of the guys are new signings, and that's why they signed them. This formation, the four four two, was designed to let Jose Gallegos go out in space and dribble at people and make them look silly. The two other guys that have the same skill, oh, not the same, but a similar skill set, Jose Gallegos is a damn unicorn, are Nathan and Ollie Wright. And that's why you have both of them is to kind of take place for Jose just in case. They're dribblers. They have speed. They will dribble around people, and that's exactly why they're there. And I think, Rafa, your prediction of Ollie Wright in place of Nate, in the in place of the most likely suspended Nathan is dead on. I do want to kind of push back on Rafa. I believe it was Rafa that was talking about PC, and this is uh, from uh, the SAFC communication team, uh, Preston and Luis. Uh, they sent out. Uh, PC recorded five tackles, five clearances, four interceptions, and ten possessions gained in the match. So I know we're talking about that he'd maybe not be the right fit on the side, and, and, and I know he got kind of exposed, but being the captain, he did pick up a yellow card. I noticed that he didn't. That's my boy. The, the, the PC uh, yellow watch is is officially started. The PCYC, yeah. Has uh, officially started. But when you look at his stats – I thought, you know, yes, he was beaten a couple of times. He's playing a position that's not his normal position, but I thought he did well. Um, you know, you know, is is, is that no his one. ideal spot? No, but I think he proved it in this type of situation. No one, no one's saying PC is an inferior player. Nobody's saying PC. Is I know, even, but I'm just even giving a him credit. Not, not great player. P- PC big, is a big, great player. The big yeah. difference is Malik Johnson's speed versus everybody else in the league because that. And, dude, and that's what he didn't see last week, you know, last week against Colorado because Colorado didn't have that. And if you notice, speed, yeah. PC did push up in the attack in the first game. Yep. And that made a difference. This game, he kind of like, uh, I better stay back because if I go up, I'm going to get burnt on a counterattack. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think going into the next game, you know, they're going to have to really kind of reconfigure the, the back four 
you know, to see, you know, I guess far as matchups, do the, you know, does RGV have the speed on the outside, which were they not? So we can well, say who we are. So, so I, I, I mean, I think we're going to talk about it later, but I did watch uh, RGV against Loyal. Um, pretty much they have two guys that you really need to mark very well, and that is their uh, Ford Amon, I think is his name. Yes. And then they have uh, Cerritos, which would be on the right side, which would be on SAFC's left side. That dude's he's, – he's a lot to handle. Um, so what you would hope is you can have PC in the midfield – you can have Connor Maloney as right back, and then you'd have Gleedle on the left side to just shut that dude out. Um, and that's Gleedle is I we have not had a an outside back like Gleedle. No offense to Blake, a defensive, I guess, defensive uh, fullback. Um, uh, Maloney's very similar, but uh, it reminded me a lot of Darnell King just coming back and just just stopping people in their tracks. I mean, Malik Johnson didn't do crap in that first half, and that's because Galito was over there and put him in his pocket. And then the other half, you saw what happened. So um, if Galito can go on the left side and the uh, Maloney on the right side, we're pretty pretty dang stout um, with fullbacks uh, on the wings to, to shut down any sort of uh, opponent. So uh, Jose has another question here where he mentioned move uh, Coelho to the middle behind Patino, and then he'd be able to roam free and, and Ali to the wing. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, Coelho's not the defender that Lindley and Lima are slash PC because Lima right now is in PC's place. Um, you need that defense. You need that. That's one of the things that I said um, uh, kind of from the beginning. Uh, compared to last season, last season, how we kind of went down a path of failure is we only had one defensive midfielder. Um, and this season we have the two defensive midfielders and it, it made all the difference last season. It's making all the, um, different. Yeah. Messi's like four, nine dude. And he's the greatest player ever. So it doesn't matter if you're four, eight in football, you're fine. They're both built the same. They're like squares. Nobody can take them down. They're fast as crap. No. Are you kind of surprised we're not seeing Maloney, though? Because he did play in the last preseason match against RGV unless he aggravated something. He may have re-aggravated something. I, I don't know. Um, and that's the main thing. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to trust the team that he does have an issue. Hopefully it's very minor and he gets over it soon. Um, and the yeah, same yeah. thing goes for Liam. The same thing goes for uh, Axel. The same thing goes for Jose. Yeah. We're in South Texas. Is there like a curandero they can find and just do some? some Everybody magic? needs a light. Go to HEB, <laughs> yeah, you know, buy the candles, yeah. light as candles. many. Yeah, if there's any curanderos out there, you know, you can go to Toyota and yeah. go give them that rub down. Yeah. You know. So here's my question. I know Aaron uh, brought it up uh, as well, you know, on his recap with, you know, with uh, Ticket 760. Um, the subs, uh, only one. Um, especially with the team down uh, a man for most of the match. I know sitting next to Rafa, one of his big complaints, especially 60 minutes <laughs> and beyond, was the lack of subs because you could tell, you know, there were some dead legs. Uh, they kept pushing, um, but, you know, there were some dead legs. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll go with you, uh, Rafa, as far as, you know, number one, you know, your thoughts, you know, on or your concern on the lack of subs and, and you know, 
who who you would have brought in on the bench and and I told Aaron I was like there really isn't anybody to bring in um you know for that here you know I guess Shandon you know Shandon and um you know Shandon and uh um Ollie were the two that I would have brought in but at this point there's not a lot of depth you know because they're all uh you know you know sitting sitting you know off the 18 with injuries right now I think those are the only two you needed to bring in, but I think they should have brought them in a little bit earlier because you can tell there was some dead legs. I know, I know like Quail was already running out of gas. I think they should have subbed him right away, you know, put Ollie in or you know, someone else. You know, our, our kind of our central defense midfielders really were worn out, you know, by the 60th minute. And I think we should, I think maybe that could have been a difference. You know, getting some fresh legs in there to kind of re, you know, just to kind of stop a lot of those attacks, and then hopefully get up, you know, get that ball up the field. You know, we did create some chances with some of those guys, but I think with fresher legs, I think we would have had a, more opportunities to get get that third one in, and he, and really also to help Patino because Patino was he wasn't tired, but he was pacing himself, and you can tell he was pacing himself, doing you know making choosing his runs, which is the right thing to do, especially when you're a man down. You know, you don't want to because, you know, we don't have an, another forward that can sub for him because he would have been a, like an obvious third substitute if we have a, a good legitimate forward. But, you know, good, you know, good things. He didn't, he didn't come out injured. But Marcina needs to kind of recognize and say, hey, you know, if we have these guys down, we need to we got to stick them in to kind of keep keep the, uh, the ship afloat. Your thoughts, Royce, on the substitution? To be honest with you, both teams really didn't sub. Uh, there were only think, think, there were only I, three subs total in the match. Uh, you know, uh, you know, for that here, and one of them came in, or you know, uh, you know, seventy uh, third, eighty seventh minute for the Real Monarchs, and Ollie came in in, in the seventy ninth. But both of these teams, you know, pretty much went with the starters and, and rolled them. And that's the point I was going to make was that it was a chess match. Uh, what was going on was, I mean, it was a physical battle. It was war on on the pitch, and uh, I think Marcina was waiting until Olave um, flinched, and he didn't flinch until super late, and his sub was more like for like, and Marcina was like, hmm. I think he just kind of sat there, thought about it. That's not what I saw coming. What I think, <laughs> what I think Marcina thought was that uh, Real Monarchs were going to go for the kill. They're going to bring somebody in um, just as dynamic as uh, Malik Johnson on who was now on their right. He thought he was going to sub their uh, winger. Not what happened. Um, and I think that's kind of it threw him for a loop. He just kind of waited, uh, left what was out there, uh, and then decided to go with Ollie Wright to say, I need somebody who can dribble. I need somebody who can take the pressure off. That's exactly what Ollie did. Unfortunately, I mean, he made that youthful mistake shot from outside the <laughs> way outside the box that Rafa was probably excited about, but I don't think <laughs> the rest of the team it. was excited about. Um, but what I think, I think that was the right call. Um, uh, Ollie coming in for Lima uh, to try to get some attacking and what, um, what I think was po- possibly the other alternate. If Ollie doesn't come on for Lima, because that is an offensive player taking over for a defensive player. 
I think what would have happened is Quayle would have come off for Torres, but you don't want to get too offensive when you only have 10 men. Mm. And then the red card for Real Monarchs happened, and now it's 10 versus 10, and that kind of changed it. And Marcina probably thought to himself, I already just subbed a defensive guy for an offensive guy. No, We're trying to go for the win. They got the red card first. So red card happened in the 75th minute, Lima oh, okay. went out in the okay. 79th okay. minute. So well, he well, actually there, went more I think, well, there I, you think go. I think if we're down was, a goal, then we – if we were yeah. down a goal, I think he would have correct. made some more changes. That's correct. Exactly. He would have made more changes. That's right. It is the 70th minute. I looked at that wrong. It, I'm looking at the ESPN timeline. It's so hard to read. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was his – that was, okay, I'll take one defensive guy off uh, for an offensive. We'll go for the win, 10 v. 10. Obviously, with the draw, draw is not the worst result. Um, obviously, zero points is the worst result, uh, and that's kind of what he rolled with. And I'm not questioning it because I think he did exactly what he needed to, take off one defensive midfielder, put an offensive guy on to go dribble, take some pressure off, take off pressure from Bettino to be the only outlet. I think that was a big thing that he did. So Bettino didn't have to run around too much because Ollie would come and Patino could play off of him instead of Patino being on an island. I think that's exactly what he needed, the sub he needed to make. It just, you know, it almost panned out with Cuello at the very end. That that hurts. But like I said, not the worst result. 2-2 in this game. Um, Down a man real early. It's not the worst result. To me, I think RG – not RG. I already thinking about RG. Real (laughs) Monarchs. uh, uh, It's because it was a physical game. Yeah. Yeah. Real Monarchs came out that first 10 minutes of the second half, and they had to. Um, they Correct. got back in the game. Um, and, and, you know, I made this comment both in the first half and the second half. They started out a little sluggish on, on each each of the half where, you know, that first game against um, Colorado Springs there, Chris, the passes were connecting a little bit better. This game, it was a little bit more struggle, although their final stats actually, actually looked better than, than than the first game, surprisingly. Um, but, you know, and that's kind of the difference, you know, in the in in, in the game uh, for there. But when I rewatched the game, uh, you know, to me, um, I'll give my man of the match and, the, and then I'll give you um, and, and then we'll go to Rafa and then and then Royce for, you know, for the man of, ma- uh, man of the match. But. To me, uh, Patino, I know he didn't get on the score sheet, but the effort that that dude put in running down both on both sides, um, you know, I know you mentioned he, he was kind of watching it, you know, watching his uh, uh, pace a little bit, but the dude busted his ass when he needed to. Um, you know, Epps got the goal, um, you know, his first goal, uh, you know, you know, uh, with uh, through as, as well as uh, uh, Swallow. Um, you know, for that here, but you know, to me, like I said here, the man of the match with Patino up top on that island. You know, like I said here, I would have loved to seen you know a couple of those shots from distance, like Rafa was saying, because I have a feeling he would have got on the end of one of them. Your thought, Rafa, on your man of the match before we start to uh, go into the uh, blue collar sports dad uh, interview with uh, Coach Marcina. I agree with you as far as the man of the match. I agree with you. Um, I'd just like to see a little more shots from the outside. The, the one that was came close to really, you know, that could have probably been the game of the, ma- in the man of the match was Ollie Wright. He did make a difference. He did kind of change the pace of the game, and he was very aggressive. 
Um, and he was trying to get opportunities to take shots from outside. I think he did take a shot from one yeah. that really surprised the keeper. Yeah. Uh, I think I think had he gotten one in, and for me for sure, he would have been the man of the match. Well, he had the long shot, and then he had the one where it was one-timed. I don't know if it was off a pass or a rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, where he one typed it in air, and you know, unfortunately, it was you know, the, you know, to the keeper's, uh, you know, credit, uh, you know, Duznup, um, you know, he he was you know, it was an easy save for him because it was right to him. But um, to me, it, you know, it could if it would have went went in, it would have been a, a possible goal of the week, just you know, on how he kicked it here. Yeah. But uh, you know, to me, I, I did see the difference in there. But you know, obviously, that was ten on ten at that point, and he had the fresh legs. Um, as well, uh, your man of the match there, Royce. So I have three stars. Um, okay, gonna, go I'm hockey gonna, there, buddy. I'm gonna be that guy. You're three stars of the game. Um, no, but um, my third star is gonna be Sam Gleadle. Um, mm-hmm. shutting down Malik Johnson on the uh, in, in the first 45. Uh, that was huge. Um, they had wow, I mean, you could tell I was yelling at the match because I'm progressively losing my voice the the longer i talk which i need to stop doing that as much <laughs> uh, no but sam glita really shut him down um they were really desperate for shots uh, in that first half and they kept firing well over the net um and just desperate desperate shots because they never really were able to get in the middle and that was really sam glita and Kamiri just shutting stuff down there uh on the safc right side uh, defensive right side uh, my second star is going to be Patino for doing the job of two men. Um, you, you can't say enough about that guy. Uh, it's as a fan, it's inspiring to watch him um, every match because he's just hard on his sleeve and he is just running. Um, and his effort is second to none. Uh, but my first star of the match is Matt Cardoni, who yeah, had two or three yeah. huge saves mm-hmm. that should have been goals, and I think he took one right off the right off the beak. Um, the save in the first half yeah. was yeah yeah that's what I'm saying point blank yeah. point blank and yeah that's probably the goal of the save of the week yeah I I think it should be I think it deserves to be and that's why Matt Cardoni is my man of the match and he's my first star of the match he ended up with three stars or pardon me three saves of the uh, on the three match stars player. is fine that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I'm not sure if. Uh, Ray's going to be joining us because he hasn't responded to any any of the, the tweets here. Um, I did okay. say around 7.45.8, but uh, let's kind of tune in to the pregame of first match of Copa Tejas USL uh, for that here. Uh, San Antonio uh, versus first place RGV. I know that's kind of tough to say, but you got to give it to RGV. They played two matches, New Mexico United, they won 1-0, and then they uh, beat um, San Diego Loyal. San Diego Loyal 1-0 by, uh, I think I scored the goal. Uh, if my last name was Sanchez, I think he's about as old as me uh, in the 87th minute. Uh, you know, you're, 80, you're 81 years old, Harry? I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I think that's more. I think that's more a dig on San Diego's backline than it is on RGV. Because how do you, if if you watch, if you watch, if you watch the goal, it's incredible. The two center backs, the two center backs for Loyal are there, and their number six is in the middle, and their number six is like that dude's like a hundred years old. There's no way he's doing anything, and he goes up for no reason, five yards, and leaves the dude all by himself. 
and he heads it in, and you see you the guy. Just, you blame Yaro for that. Um, <laughs> calm down. But the guy, you, you mean uh, no, um, no, it's AFC on um, SAFC. Uh, but he puts. Uh, uh, but the it, it wasn't it wasn't Yaro. It was yeah. their number six came back. But he puts his uh, head in his hands and just goes he goes down to the ground because he realizes that was the guy I was supposed to mark. I rocked away from him five <laughs> yards, and then he scored a goal. It was it's purely on that guy because they set up well, and that that's what happened. Um, they they stole the goal. That's what RGV does. They steal goals, um, and that's and how, how did how did Landon Donovan get his coaching license? How did he get his A license? Uh, money? Does it cost a lot of money? Um, but I don't I don't put that on Landon Donovan. I think he. Um, he played for the draw, possibly the win. He did a good job. It was nothing, nothing till the very end. And that number six just left his mark and forgot he was playing in a match. And that was it. And uh, Sanchez headed it home. And, and the geriatric Sanchez headed it home. Yeah. And RGV is now first in the group uh, at six points here. And uh, welcoming Ray uh, Silva, host of the South Texas Border Sports and also co-hosted down in the Valley with Edson. Um, how are you doing, uh, Ray? Hey, good evening, Harry, and all of the audience in San Antonio, and RGV joining us uh, tonight. Uh, privilege to be here. What's up, Ray? Guys, how are you? So, you know, obviously, day. we've got to talk about RGV, um, San Antonio, but uh, um, since RGV's played two games and won both of theirs, uh, you know, if you give kind of a quick recap on on the, you know, the What's worked for RGV the, through the first two matches, uh, two 1 0 wins, uh, you know, over teams going in that you thought were playoffs, uh, playoff bound, and, and they still may, but uh, they made the trip down to Edinburgh and RGV, uh, RGV and HEB Park and uh, went home with no points, which, you know, coming from last year is not something that's happened. I think you have to go back, what, to what, 2016, I think, before. Um, you know, where you've had kind of this good start of a season uh, to get started uh, for that here. If memory, yeah. memory serves me right. Yes, uh, that your memory is serving you correctly the, uh, thus far. Even though we, the team did struggle initially throughout its first uh, five games, just remember that the home opener or the first ever inaugural game for RGVFC ended up in a 2 nil loss to Los Dos, who had then... Uh, Jack McBean, and I am most almost certain that it was Ari Lasseter. Yes. For the other goal for the past for the uh, Los Dos side, and the subsequent home game ended up being a, a nil-nil draw. Both games played at UTRGV Soccer Track and Field Complex, if memory serves me correct. But no, well, uh, moving on to present now. Um, it's just that our RGV is just finding ways to exploit these defenses early on. You know, that they, they like to play with a lot of open spaces. They like to play a lot uh, in transition, if that could be said. They are a very transitional team on offense where they like to build up numbers and use speed to their advantage. Thing that you, uh, that would not be seen in the last uh, three seasons. Yes, they would have the youthfulness, but in the buildup, you they had that costly turnover, which kind of put them back on their 
on their heels a, a, a lot more than what they what they've been accustomed to these first two games. So, and obviously in the back, you got a MLS quality uh, goal goalkeeper and, and Tyler Derek. Uh, Derek. Um, but to me, the back line to me has to be the story. You know, no goals allowed so far. Um, the offense is doing what it needs to do, but I think for RGV, to me, the you know the biggest story is you know nobody's been able to you know get between the pipes there, uh, get get one past Derek as of yet. So, can you talk about the RGV defense and you know the the vast improvement from you know the last couple of seasons to this year? And and obviously, it's a little bit more experienced uh, lineup you know compared to years past here, but. To me, I think that's the highlight of the team with RGV at this point is, is their defense. Absolutely. You know, uh, these first two games, the common denominator has been using JDC, Juan David Cabezas, another quality MLS player who was signed with Wilmer in the offseason. He's, he's been like the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, um, I guess the volunteer me uh, center back, if you must. If you want to call it in that way, and he's filled in admirably for the first game and a half that has uh, been played. So that's one of the keys there. Uh, one of the other key, key important elements has been Carter Manley. You know, he started both games. He started one as a center back, where uh, Edson has said he likes him, and he's also started as the the right as the right back where I think, I feel like he gives a little bit more to the team because he has that ability of, of going up and down and potentially give in a cross or two whenever the opportunity poses itself. So I think those two have been the two mainstays. But then this past Saturday, they've brought in Eric Pimentel, who's been one of the more notable high-profile signings. He's played in Mexico and... 250 Which, caps with uh, Liga MX, yes. Yeah, exactly. So the, the guy's been there before, and that, that's one of the things that Oros 2.0 have not been able to have. And, uh, yes, I'll, I'll use this hashtag, things things RGV couldn't do with Dynamo Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> And to me, the other one here is in, you know, he came from Sacramento, um, Rodrigo Lopez, uh, you know, with, uh, to me, number you know, he's kind of that glue in the midfield that we talk about, uh, you know, that, that's so important to be able to connect the, you know, the defense to the offense. Um, and I know we keep kind of going back from, hey, you know, what RGV didn't have to what they now have, you know, and, and that's going to be probably a common theme for this year. How 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 important has he been, you know, to be able to kind of help both sides of the ball, his leadership, um, you know, as well on on the pitch. I believe he's your captain, if if, yes, uh, if memory serves me right. Uh, yes, he uh, is the skipper. Yes, so. he is a skipper, and he he's a very good distributor, and I, I guess catalyst for the Toros per se. He's the one that's been uh, doing everything, but uh, for me, he has done what's needed to be done as a skipper, you know, kind of hold that team together, uh, kind of like bringing them up when you kind of sense like there might be a down moment where you think like, okay, this is where you feel like they're most vulnerable despite having the center backs that they have or what they've used before. And 
I just feel like uh, Rodrigo Lopez has been that one essential piece that's been uh, very good for the Toros thus far. So this is going to be moving more to kind of Royce's wheelhouse. Um, it seems like, at least early on, you know, looking at the loyal match here, that you guys run a 4-3-3, uh, which against Colorado Springs, uh, Royce, Royce mentioned this earlier, uh, that uh, uh, we seem to have attacked that fairly well compared to what with the 4-4-2 that the Real Monarchs came out. From my understanding, um, just in kind of watching it and, and listening to Down in the Valley, um, RGV also plays a pressing style, you know, high pressing style, you know, trying to force the turnovers like, you know, SAFC does. Um, kind of your thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Royce, here. Your thoughts on um, if RGV rolls out with the 4 3 3, you know, with, you know, up top, you know, uh, Christian Sorto, uh, Elvis Amoff, and uh, Cerritos, um, top three as forwards have proven to be. Uh, at least through the first two games, opportunists, um, you know, for that here. And then, you know, uh, you got Lopez, Murphy, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the youngster, uh, young uh, Cousin, and, you know, in, in the uh, – um, on the other side, opposite of, of uh, Rodrigo uh, for that here. So your thoughts on how RGV matches up against uh, SAFC um, for that? So, I mean, how I think they're going to match up and um, – I mean, we'll, we'll see if it comes to fruition. That'll be a first. Um, <laughs> but they'll definitely roll with that 4-3-3. Um, they've had success with it. Uh, I will say they've had success with it in the with a grain of salt that one of their goals was scored off a broken play and a deflection, and the other was basically off a set piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and those aren't necessarily through the run of play. Um, and where I think uh, watching those matches, what RGV really has a tendency to do is really tries to go through Cerritos uh, on the right. Uh, he likes to dribble. He likes, he's the, um, man, who was used guy, who was the RGV guy from last season that um, got hurt and that kind of derailed their entire season? Um, last name sort of the T, I think. Um, Tyberson. There you go. Tyberson. Yeah. Cerritos is the new Tyberson. There we go. That's a, uh, very usl minus, uh, thing to minus say the, minus the arguing of tyberson <laughs> <laughs> minus, minus the attitude okay so he's more of the tiber not the sun gotcha um but no cerritos looks a player he looks very speedy very physically stout um, and amen is a center forward that rgv just has not had um and he looks a player as well and he needs to be marked pretty well because i saw him be very physical with the loyal center backs and kind of have his way with them. He just couldn't get possession of the ball. Um, and then he got subbed off for the um, aforementioned. Um, Vicente Sanchez. Uh, yep. Yeah, Sanchez, who uh, headed the ball in after uh, the San Diego loyal uh, center back or center back or mid defensive midfielder forgot he's playing a soccer match. Um so what's going to be interesting to see is the midfield, the midfield four of SAFC go against the midfield three of RGV and to see how they deal with that overloading, if they bring Cerritos back or if they bring um, a Sorto back um, to try to help out with that midfield because that's what Colorado Springs did was they actually brought both of their top wingers back to kind of set up more of a 4-5-1 and to try to play out from there, and they did so very unsuccessfully. So what do you think um, RGV or SAFC is going to play in a mid-block 4-4-2 and a very pressing mid-block 4-4-2? How do you think RGV is going to try to play out of that? 
for me, I kind of see it like in this formation, Wilmer having um, having to adjust at at times to a a four four two diamond midfield, okay. where where he can kind of adjust that a little bit, where you can have Wan Cousin on the left, James Murphy on the right, and have that 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 diamond um, point of Rodrigo Lopez in the back, kind of to kind of free up either. Cerritos or ammo to kind of be like that offensive midfi- midfielder, kind of a, ca- a counter that a little that that defense that San Antonio can present at times because they they like to press a lot at times based on the on the few games that you guys have played. Right. So I, I kind of figured that if we if RGB does not present a four four three, I kind of see a four a four four two diamond midfield. Okay. And that would be a simple change, um, as I've discussed before. The difference between a four, a four three three, and a, a four four two diamond is uh, one player basically gets you know one of your wingers gets subbed out for a, for a midfielder for strength in the midfield, which is exactly what RGV is going to need uh, strength in the midfield um, to try to negate um, SAFC's uh, midfield. So, so it'll be another midfield battle, fun, another sledge fest. That'll be great. <laughs> Rafa, your thoughts uh, with uh, you know RGV and the attack going against the San Antonio defense? Where you know, uh, according to Blue Collar Sports Dad, there may be another signing coming this week uh, to, to fill some of the you know injuries uh, that we've had on the back line here. How do you think SAFC deals with the RGV pressure? Because um, we know this game's physical. We know it's going to be there's going to be fouls. There's going to be chippiness. That you know, it's you know, from my understanding, even in the the friendly a couple of weeks ago that, uh, it, you know, it wasn't two teams that get along. Uh, we'll, we'll just say even in a friendly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for that here, obviously, um, I think Tyler Derrick's, you know, a, you know, a good goal, a great goaltender for USL, uh, MLS quality, uh, for that here. But, uh, you know, for, um, you know, so what, what's your thoughts on, on that as far as, uh, the defense? I, I think the big difference is going to be the, the Tunisian Terminator. I think he's going to be real physical the way he plays, especially the last two games. You know, he's he's just been cleaning a lot of things up. Now, you know, that also depends if we get Axel back or Dole back or, or this signing, this supposed signing that, you know, that's coming up this week. Uh, you know, they just have to really kind of push around the, the RGB forwards and not give them any space to any create any plays or shots, you know, just really kind of get into their heads. You know, when you start getting into their head, that's when they'll start making mistakes. And that's what the, the our defense needs to do, you know, from the get go. It's like you're to get through here. Uh, I, I know the from the I guess from the scrimmage they weren't able to score in the first half, and that was probably with our first team. Um, right, so they must have done. So they must have done something, probably something similar to, you know, what they're hopefully they're probably going to do on Saturday, on Sunday. So I think they'll learn from that and the, and then try to make a little, you know, kind of defensive game plan to really hash out things and not make those same mistakes like what Loyal and also with New Mexico made. You know, even though like I said they're from set pieces and so forth, you know, you still have to defend no matter what. You know, you can't leave anybody open. So keeping the minimum of the metal mistakes. 
and just getting into their head is going to be the key for you know for keeping them from you know putting the ball between Cardoni. Your thoughts, uh, Ray, on you know when, when RGV attacks? You know when RGV attacks, they're going to be very uh, upfront about it. They're going to love to send numbers up front. Uh, that's just based on what I've seen on, on both the games. Is that they're going to love to send uh, their their pieces in in numbers. Now, er, early on against San Diego, they, they kind of had that little difficulty just trying to get themselves uh, in the offensive mindset, which is why you kind of saw that uh, the substitution at the break, uh, James Murphy coming in for, for Dispe, a center back, which allowed uh, Juan David Cavesas to slot into that midfield position that Murphy was occupying. That kind of opened up that uh, that fill that that the offense was needing because they they needed someone who can distribute the ball, break up the play, and start carburating the offense and ma and making their runs up front. So that's kind of something that you're gonna have to like keep an eye on. Where does Juan David Juan Davica start? Does he play in the as a center back, or does he play in the midfield alongside with Rodrigo Lopez, Juan Cousin, or James Murphy? Uh, either side. Any uh, questions that you have for us, Ray? You know, I, I will ask, you know, you guys have had Toronto, uh, uh, who has been a terrific midfielder, and you, and you guys have a, another one in the ranks uh, playing for you guys uh, right now. I, I kind of forget his name off the top Jose, of my head. Jose Gallegos is who you're referring Jose to. Jose Gallegos, yes, and then you guys have PC, who's been uh, magnificent uh, early on. What do you kind of see from those two guys for this game that they've done uh, some damage uh, this last season against RGVFC? So, um, Jose Gallegos, the first couple matches has been hurt. He has a lower body injury. Um, and uh, rumor has it he's kind of on his way out. Uh, the summer window opens in a couple weeks. So we're pretty sure he's going to be signing in Europe somewhere. Um, he was on trial um, with uh, FC Barcelona and Bayern Munich um, earlier this year. So we're pretty sure someone's going to pick him up. Um, as far as Pirano, Pirano, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know he's in Portugal. Um, and they just opened up their youth team leagues. So their uh, U23 and U18 uh, leagues have just started. So he's going to start seeing some match time over there. And now we come to PC. PC has typically been our number six, our destroyer. And he's also been a really good distributor uh, because of some early season injuries, which that's kind of uh, the name of the game with SAFC already are injuries. Uh, we have five or six of them. Um, he is playing as left back. He's not in the midfield. He's left back, and he's done pretty well. Um, he's on pace to get his usual 500 yellow cards this season. So, you know, that that's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but uh, what SAFC is really trying to do this season is they are they have a mid-block 4-4-2. They are not letting people pass, and they are – just physically breaking down other teams. And that's what they've done two matches in a row. One, most of the match with 10 men, 
but they still managed to really break down the other team and really didn't give up a lot. Um, so it's a very physical, very, um, very high pressing. They borderline Liverpool Gagan press where even when they lose the ball, they are pressing to get that ball back. So I'm interested to see if RGV throws the kitchen sink at SAFC at their net. If, um, SAFC counter press it and opens them up and we'll see what we'll see who wins that because the score line's either going to be a lot or it's going to be a little and if it's little it's um advantage rgvfc if it's a lot it's advantage safc you know two of the two of the marquee signings that have really captivated my attention for san antonio as well sam gleedle and marcus epps two guys who have been around the league who know the league you know, those two guys at any given moment, they might have their outbursts and particularly more in Marcus Epps, who's played uh, frequently a lot in the uh, Timber system, uh, a, a team that has not done well in recent years until just recently. That's just something that that's the one guy who I'd like to key in on on the midfield. He's a guy who can really turn it up a notch and can really start the havoc against RGVFC. So, game is going to be Sunday. Uh, I wish it was Saturday like originally scheduled. because so probably could go. Same here. <laughs> Same here. Believe, believe me. I have to choose between two of the three enga uh, engagements that I have to choose from. So to me, like I said here, it's it's it should be a good one. Um, it's the last game of the USL week. Uh, kickoffs at seven thirty ish at HEB Park uh, for that here. You know, uh, for SAFC, um, I don't want to, you know it, it's one where I think I think we're going to find out how good RGV is. Um, they've shown that they're a very good team. Um, you know, San Antonio just now, you know, as RGV says, it, it you know, fans, it took a pandemic for, you know, SAFC to, to finally get the head-to-head uh, uh, -head record against them, uh, you know, for that here. So uh, I'm not happy about that. Yes, uh, but it, it is true, to be honest with you. It, it, it is. It, it is a Shut up, Harry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to me, like I said here. This game as a six-pointer right now. I mean, I know 100%. later on, right now, I'm going to treat this as a six-pointer because right now we got the first one with New Mexico out of the way. Now we need to focus on this one. And there was a time where I mentioned in the Down of in the Valley podcast where I said, you know, we're lucky to get away with six, maybe five points from this opening on San Stanza. Watch out for this team. So far, I've I've held true. True to my word, the, the derby games are just so very unpredictable because you throw the records outside the window. Yep. You just throw everything outside. Let's let's throw kitchen sink and everything that is allowed. Nothing would make me happier to have in this group, and it's very possible that it happens. SAFC number one at the end of the season, RGVFC number two and South Texas rec shop in the USL Western Conference playoffs. Nothing would make me happier than that. Yeah, I, I would, you know, I, no offense to uh, uh, Seek and Strike and, and my good friend Chris, but, 
Yeah. I would love to see the top four Copa Tejas run, run the mountain, uh, mountain yeah. conference. And, and no offense to you, Landon, and, and to the back chat channel guys. Uh, so we can uh, take it back and call it the Lone Star Conference like it needs to be called. Come on. <laughs> but, mountain conference. Ray, I do want to thank you for hopping on here last minute. No, I know it's pre- supposed appreciate to be Ed, you guys. And, and, and like Thanks, Ray. Edson had, had Problem, a, a guys. family Privilege. Uh, but do turn into uh, South Texas uh, Border Sports. Uh, Ray does an excellent job, uh, not just with RGV, but you know with the uh, uh, the Vipers, uh, Vipers, the Vipers down there, and, and also other uh, sports. Uh, to do a cover. lot of the sports scene that does not include high school. There's yeah. like 53 of them. And I don't need to hear it from all 53 <laughs> of them. <laughs> I did ask Ray because we do soccer coverage. I did ask Ray, "Hey, do you do do you do soccer coverage?" And he's like, uh, "No, he's like too much politics." Yeah, I, I, I'll do the professional and the other stuff down here, but uh, high there, school, there no. was enough politics with the Dynamo and RGBFC. Come on. So. Well, I was already getting I was getting flack with with, with Lethal with the with the Valley teams and so forth. I was battling them back and forth. So, so, so we, we I, I would have loved to have you guys know the kind of talk smack on lethal. <laughs> so give them, give them a, some your pointers on soccer Pretty down good. there in the valley. So, let's but just say, it, let's just our, say it's. I think there's much more intensity towards valley soccer high school in general than what there would be to the professional aspect of it. Yeah, that's what Rafa said. Is yep. is. It, you know, and that's what I asked. Uh, I think it was on. Um, I think you were on there on, when I was on down in the valley about how how does how does RGV bring that high school soccer atmosphere to HEB Park uh, along those lines? You know, because from what Rafa says, what you've said, and anybody that I've talked to when it comes to the high school ranks, um, to me, it's probably on par, if maybe not even better than, than high school football as far as for the fan atmosphere down there. And, well, and I mean, to be that, honest, to be honest, guys, I mean, I know they've had some, some high school soccer games there at HB Park, and for some odd reason, they, I mean, maybe it might be a, a marketing aspect of it. I, I mean, I don't know what's behind it, but it's just something that, you know, if the HB Park people can embrace it and promote it the way it should be, like the way they do with the Toros, maybe they, they can work a marketing aspect into it trying to draw more people into that stadium. Stop signing old retired Mexican soccer players and start signing young, <laughs> just out of high school kids from local high schools and RGB. Whatever. Like, I mean, that, like that, they just come that, in as four match winners. That's all they do. The fan base is there. Cause I was at the Valley view Kingwood park game here in Santa here at uh, yeah, Paris stadium. Yeah. There was a lot of people from, from Valley view there at the game. Uh, I just need to tell. Uh, I think Valley View needs a better soccer coach. But that's that's, that's a whole another another thing, especially especially on fundamentals. Uh, I'm available, so if you need me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I will tell you this much. I will tell you that this much about Valley View. It's in the same town where I live in. Mm-hmm. Originally, they had fired their head soccer yeah. coach prior to the s- season starting. Which made him the assistant coach. So the assistant took over as the head coach. And we're like, what? Like, why? Why do this to a team that's been to the regional finals in like two years? You know, why do that? 
Yeah, they did also did that to one of their basketball coaches, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, because I read the story of the like they made a change, and it's like, why would you do this in the middle of the seat, middle of the district play too? You know, if you're gonna make the change, the middle of a pandemic to too. Yeah, too, yeah. Bizarre. All right, Ray. We're gonna let you go because we still have to Thanks, uh, wrap up uh, one more thing here. Appreciate it, Ray. And like I said, here we'll maybe oh. talk in uh, two weeks when when we get together again. Yeah. Yep. Well, this Texas Tangle gets together once again. So you, you get to do what the was it the the three step you know San Antonio El Paso and San Antonio again before you get to go to uh, South Beach and, and uh, get your tan on. Go chill yeah, with Billy like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Go get some uh, corteritos over there on South Beach. <laughs> Low cost. Out of so Billy good. Forbes. Yeah, Billy Forbes. Billy Forbes <laughs> over there as he rides yeah. the bench. <laughs> oh. Oh. Love you, Billy, but uh, you're on the bench now, man. <laughs> yeah. Love you, fam. All right, Ray. Guys. We'll see you, Ray. We'll see you, man. All right. All right. So um, I have to step out for a bit here, but uh, Royce, if you would uh, kind of talk about the uh, interview with the Blue Collar Sports Dad, because we didn't get to talk to it. And there was uh, a lot of information in there. And if you can hop on the, uh, was it the iHeart, uh, iHeart uh, app? Um, and I, I tweeted out the link. And if you follow Blue Collar Sports Dad, he also uh, uh, follow, you know, tweeted out the link uh, to the podcast. But uh, Coach Marcina had, had a, a couple of things to say here. Go ahead, Russ. Uh, I was going to say, are you going to play it or am I going to go? Okay. Uh, no. Just to review it real quick, just to shorten and sweeten it up. Um, so basically, um, uh, Alan went on uh, Sunday morning, uh, morning after the match, uh, to talk to Dylan. Um, and uh, uh, the Blue Collar Sports dad about um, kind of the match and, and to kind of re review it. Um, he kind of said the, um, you know, the normal things that, Alan Marcina will say is that the culture is first and that they show their culture and being resilient in that match for as long as they were uh, down a man and still in some aspects were on the front foot. They didn't just sit back. Um, they were just hardworking. And I mean, the, the team did really well despite um, what he did say was um, he kind of mentioned the injuries and he also mentioned that um, uh, they were looking to make a signing very soon that they were going to announce uh, for some um, for some uh, help with the back line uh, because right now you have two center backs that are hurt. You have uh, Doyle and you have Schuberg. Um, and right now you have Deplane, who's kind of more of a right back, not really center back, although he has filled in extremely Great. well. Um, and you have the Tunisian Terminator and Kamiri back there. Um, and they do need some help, whether it's a backup, whether they need to make a sub, whether, you know, God forbid there's another injury, you do need another um, center back. And they are making that signing, apparently, uh, possibly as we speak. Um, Robert, um, I'm, I'm not sure about Kai Green. I have not heard where he's at. Yarrow plays for San Diego Loyal. Um, so that's kind of an option that's out. The option that I think is possibly going to be made um, is a guy that has not seen any action in the um, 18 for his um, his uh, match day squad for his team, who was with SAFC last season, and that's Callum Montgomery. Um, I do know he was he got called up with the Canadian uh, men's national team. 
Um, when he went back to Minnesota, he did have a slight tear. He was injured, but that was over a month ago. Um, and if it's a slight tear, that's typically a two to four week. If it's bad, four to six week thing, he's probably healthy now. And he still has not seen any time with his 18. It's very possible that SAFC is on the phone with Minnesota United saying, hey, does Callum need some playing time? Because we got some for him. Um, and that'd be great. Callum is a left-footed, left-sided center back. Uh, that's kind of what we need to fill in. Kamiri is going to be on the right. That'd be a heck of a, uh, of a um, pairing if that's what we're going to roll with. So I, I have not heard. I want to reiterate, I've not heard any rumors. This is me pulling it from my butt. And that it, but it makes a lot of sense. Guy has a lot of experience with the team. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Rafa. Yeah, I think having Montgomery in would, would fit that need, especially in the depth. Uh, we're, we really need that. You know, you know. I think our Tunisian Terminator can't handle everything, and then we're having players play Although we tried. Out yeah, you know, playing out of place, and you want to have your players on the right places because sooner or later that's going to get exposed, you know, and they kind of got exposed a little bit on this past Saturday, so – if it is true that if, if, if they do, I think he'd be the obvious choice to bring him back here. We just put him in, plug him in, and like I said, we're gonna have the two probably the well four deep wise once Axel and Doa come back. We're probably gonna have the deepest center backs. You know, those yeah. four maybe play all four all four of them on the back. Have the tall everyone over and six that, four. Yeah. And that would give Marcina the flexibility to go back to that three five two that we had last season. And really get really creative with this super physical lineup that we have, which, I mean, that can only be a good thing. The more you can change things up, depending on who you're facing, you know, that, that only that only helps you. So we'll see. I, I, think one thing, I think one thing they do need to do, and if they are going to make that signing in the back for, I think we do need to sign another forward. Yeah, that's my concern is the forwards. I think we need to find another forward. Maybe someone in the MLS is like I said, same things, just sitting on the bench. But as has been a proven player in the past, has had success. Or, like I said, if this, if it is uh, Gallegos leaving, you know, in June or July, right now would be the probably the perfect time to sign that forward, so that way that player doesn't miss a beat and has to play catch up from learning the system. It just depends on how long Dylan's out, because I've heard when Dylan returns. Nathan's good, but Dylan brings a no. a different dimension to this. So to me, that that's gonna to me that determines how long is is he out? Is, you know, is is he close to returning? Um, to me, for the RGV match, you know, I you know, especially if Nathan's suspended for the game, which is if he's got a red card, he's mostly likely out. Who is that second person up top that that you're rolling with right now? Or, if, you know, if Dylan is out, that, that's, that's or, the or, question or, right now. Or do you play a four-five-one? No, I don't think you. I, I don't think you go that defensive. I think the other guy, like Rafa said, I think is going to be Ollie Wright up top with Patino if Nathan's not available and Dylan's not available. And I don't think he misses a beat because that kid has a lot of potential. I would love to see him out in that kind of space. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. What about uh, Shannon Hoppano? Is, is he a possibility? 
Because he's I a think little bit more experienced than Shandon, Ollie. Shandon, I think, is – it's possible. I think Shandon is more of a uh, – fills in for Cuello or fills in for Epps whenever they go out. I think he's there to back up Epps or Cuello. Uh, depending on if if they need a sub or not, and I think that's what Shandon is for, and I think that's what he's going to be dedicated with. Uh, Ollie's just going to fit in. Ollie, right, right, right. Uh, he's just going to fit in um, where they need him to be an attacker. And I think right now, to fill in for an attacker, if Dylan's not available, if Nathan's not available, I think it's Ollie, right. What about Leo Torres? Are you kind of surprised? In in I know, I know last game didn't really bring any opportunity you know, for youngsters to get time. Um, but for Leo, he's kind of that next big academy. You know, we played two games, no minutes as of yet. Um, could he possibly be somebody or is, you know, he just, you know, that's really kind of outside of his, his realm. I think Leo fills in um, if Ollie or Patino need a sub up top. Final thoughts. Uh, I know this is a long one, already an hour and a half here. Uh, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I stole Robert's line, so uh, uh, for that here, nice. Uh, you know, just you know, you know. Uh, final thoughts here. We'll go with you, uh, Rafa, to, to start out with. Uh, final thoughts. Like I said, uh, going. Hopefully, like I said, we whatever changes we make will be for the positive and help us get that little edge going into the RGV game and get us those three points. Uh, and, you know, they say we like to ruin. Uh, so gone there, they've done it. So I think we have a good chance to get, you know, the three points. I think we're, like I said, we're a little more athletic team, especially mm -hmm. up front. I think we'll run around some of their, their old timers in the back. So we need to take advantage of that. But I do, it's, it'll be a close game. Like, a, like, a, like they mentioned, it's a rivalry game, so the windows, uh, the records are out the window. Everyone's gonna, it's gonna be a chippy game, but I see us winning a close one. I think we'll win like this one, like two to one. Your final thoughts, there, Royce. Uh, so my final thought for the week is Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, mm -hmm. especially my mother and my beautiful wife Susie, who puts up with mine and my son's uh, crap uh, daily, and she is an absolute hero for that. Um, as for the match with RGV, um, I think I really think SAFC is going to overrun RGV. I think RGV has, I think they have gotten lucky and they've really played for that. Let's steal it at the end, and that will come back to bite you in the butt every time. Um, but as unpredictable as RGVFC and SAFC matches have been, I think this is going to be a fairly comfortable. Two nothing win for SAFC. Dosa settle. I'm kind of with you, Royce. Here, uh, where I think RGV is much better than last year. I think they're a, a very no competitive question. team um, for it here, um, but I still don't think they're a top of top of the table team as of yet. Um, and I do think San Antonio has the talent. Um, I think they're a little bit unlucky this last game in a couple of different aspects where you know. Things, everything went against them. Um, you know, in most of the 50-50 um, plays, I know Rafa made a, a comment during the game that you know the 50-50 balls just weren't breaking San Antonio's way last week. Um, odds are that doesn't happen back to back. So I do think uh, through there. Um, and my final thought, it, you know, circling back uh, to the top, um, do you want to thank Allison 
um, and Channing both coming on from the Athenians and, and apologize, Allison, that we couldn't quite get the connection working uh, right for you tonight here. Um, thank you to Ray for coming on from the South Texas Border Sports. Um, and, you know, please, fans, uh, you know, make it a doubleheader this week or, you know, back-to-back -back, uh, games. Uh, the Athenians on uh, Saturday night, uh, 7.30 at Soccer Central. Um, doesn't cost you anything to get in. Um, go out, you know, if you can, buy a scarf, buy a shirt, you know, something along those lines to help support, you know, support the game because, you know, at that level, every dollar counts, and, and it really does, you know, at, you know, at, at that level, um, and, and to, to cheer on the Athenians. Um, and the Soccer Central side is um, uh, is is a great uh, to me. It's going to be a great showpiece uh, for you know for the San Antonio community uh, once it is done. Um, and thank you to Ray and Edson, you know, from down in the valley for you know helping out with the um, uh, you know with with the kind of preview of uh, you know the San Antonio RGB match. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, seeing what Sunday brings, even though uh, I don't think a lot of people are going down because it's a Sunday uh, for that here. But uh, my final thought here, and, and like I said, it's it's one that I said I was going to try to make a, a pressing uh, all year, um, you know, for that here. Um, if you're, you know, if you're having thoughts about suicide or, you know, things along those lines, please get help, you know, please ask for help. You know, the, the suicide hotline, you know, family, friends, somebody from school, you know, neighbor, um, reach out, you know, for that here. And you know, especially, you know, as parents pay attention to the kids, um, watch the signs, you know, make sure that, you know, they're not withdrawing and stuff, uh, you know, for that here. Cause unfortunately we lost another one, um, in the local community, you know, you know, at, at one of the, at the school that, you know, AJ and Anna go to. So, um, when it comes to, you know, suicide, please take it serious, please take mental health serious. And, you know, I know that's something that I've worked on this year is, um, you know, the mental health aspect, uh, you know, not only for me personally, but also more for the family here. So thank you guys. Uh, sorry to end on a heavy note, but uh, what's life without goals? And like I said here, once again, thank you to uh, Allison and and, um, and uh, Channing for coming on, you know, uh, and go with Indians.